Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Elevate with you every step. I'd love for you guys to show Elevate some support as they have done for me and the podcast over the last couple of weeks as it's meant I'm able to bring you more content. So thanks heaps, Elevate. In today's episode, I chat with Renee about her two birth stories. Renee takes us through her first birth in which she found quite traumatic and then into her second healing birth and also takes us through her breastfeeding struggles, having reflux babies, and yeah, a lot of other really interesting information. So thank you, Renee, for joining me on the podcast. Renee also owns Real Health NZ with her business partner, Jen, so I'll let her take you through that as well, which she touches on in her episode. I won't keep you any longer. Let's jump into it. Hi, Renee. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a bit, a bit no nervous, worries. but excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't be nervous. Would you like to tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Sure. So uh, my name's Renee and um, I've got a husband named Adam. We've been married for five years and we've got two daughters, Addison, who's our oldest. She's two and a half and Brody, who's now six months old. That six months has gone so fast. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> and we live in a little rural town in um, Morrinsville, which is just out of Hamilton. Um, and I am a personal trainer, health coach, and one of the founders at Real Health NZ. Yeah. Awesome. And do you want to talk us through what Real Health NZ is? I know that's how we connected on Instagram. So just before we get into your stories, just so everyone can find out a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So basically, Real Health NZ, we uh, provide a live workout timetable for our members. Um, we've got members from all around New Zealand and around the world. Um, we do six live workouts a week inside our Facebook community. And we do um, like low impact workouts, high impact, high intensity, and then also our workouts for those just coming back into exercise postpartum. And do you want to take us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you guys the first time around? Yeah, sure. So first pregnancy, um, was really, really lucky. Um, got pregnant quite easily and something that I feel and my husband, both of us feel really, really grateful for given that, you know, so many people have their struggles with fertility, but it, it was fortunately something that happened quite easily for us. Um, we got married and we knew we wanted to have kids, but we hadn't like set a date or anything like that. Um, we went away on holiday, came back from holiday and on the way home, actually from the trip, we, we were traveling through Vietnam and on the way home, I was feeling really sick, but I also am super, super scared of flying. So I thought that 
the sickness was just me freaking out about the flight and my husband said to me off the cuff he's like oh betcha you're pregnant and I thought oh no surely not um and then we got home and and I just remember feeling quite emotional like a few weeks after that and I was like what is wrong with me like one day I had this experience in the car and I was just like crying and I was like who am I what is going on with me um maybe I am pregnant maybe I better do a pregnancy test so I grabbed a test um did it and but I thought no way like surely not can't happen that easily and um I did the test but didn't actually wait like the three minutes or anything I just did the <laughs> test left it on the on the bench that's how much I didn't think it would be positive went for a walk and came back and I was like absolutely gobsmacked to see that there was this like faint line. And then I did the classic like Googling, if it's a faint line, am I, <laughs> am I pregnant? Um, and yeah, couldn't believe it. was so happy, drove straight to my husband's work and I was like, you're not going to believe it. And he straight away was like, you're bloody pregnant, aren't you? Um, so yeah, it was a really, really exciting time. I didn't really believe it until I got the phone call from the doctor to say, yes, you definitely are pregnant. Um, and yeah, really, really exciting time. Um, told my parents straight away, just couldn't keep it to myself. We told um, mm. Adam's parents too. And then we're like, okay, we're going to keep it a secret for, you know, till we get to that 12 week mark. Um, but I couldn't do it. I had to tell my sisters. So yeah, my sisters and parents yeah. knew and it was such a special, really, really exciting time. Yeah, mm, lovely. And would you like to take us through sort of any early symptoms that you experienced and then I guess what the rest of your pregnancy journey was like from there? Did you have a lot of morning sickness or how were you feeling? Yeah, I I did have morning sickness um, quite bad uh, in the first, I think it lasted for about 16 weeks. I didn't vomit, but I was just like that feeling of almost like a really bad hangover that would just linger mm. till like 2 p.m. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah. at that time it was crazy. I just, I was living on ginger nuts, ginger beer, and all I wanted was mince and cheese pie, which is so terrible. <laughs> and like the food, foodie nutrition side of me was freaking out. I was like, I can't be eating this. I need to be nourishing my baby. But it was literally like the only thing that I could stomach at the yeah. time. It was the only thing I wanted. Um, luckily it only did last the 16 weeks. And then I was able to kind of, I felt so much better. Um, and everything was fine. I got back, my nutrition got back on track, but yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine only wanting to eat ginger nuts and mince and cheese yeah. pies, but <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, no. uh, the pregnancy, the pregnancy was, was pretty good. The second trimester was a breeze, really. I felt really good. I got my energy back, got back into exercise and it was just a really exciting time. I remember getting to that 12 week mark and like going into into farmers, into one of the sales and getting all the things that we needed, chopping up a bit of a storm. And um, yeah, it was really exciting, really exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do sort of the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you find out the sex and everything like that? Yeah. So we did do all the testing, um, but we didn't find out, we didn't find out the gender of the baby until um, she was born. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, it's a lot of self-control, I think, to be able oh, to keep it a surprise. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was It was really, it was hard at the time. I was like, oh, do we, don't we? But yeah, I, I think I just, both of us agreed that now let's wait and have a surprise. And we, we've done that for both of both of the girls. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Awesome. And did you go to antenatal classes or any sort of birth education classes before you went into labour? Yes. So um, my husband and I did like a, my husband worked funny hours, so we couldn't do kind of the six week one where you go in the evenings. 
Um, so we did like a weekend bit of a crash course antenatal. Um, and, and it was good. I, I think for me, I got so much from my midwife and I felt like I was learning everything I needed from her. She was amazing. We had such a good relationship. Um, so the antenatal classes, I kind of didn't get much from them, but I did feel that it was probably good for my husband who sometimes couldn't make, you know, sessions with the midwife and things like that to hear kind of what was going to happen and what could happen. Awesome. And did um, you do any sort of other research in terms of um, birth education? I know there's lots of hypnobirthing resources out there and other books and stuff like that that you can read. So did you feel like you needed to use any of those or just your midwife was fine? Yeah, no, I didn't kind of get into the hypnobirthing side of things. I just um, kind of did my learning through my midwife. Um, at the end there, the kind of the last, I think the last couple of weeks, I read a, a book about positive birthing stories um, when yeah. I was starting to feel a little bit anxious. And I can't remember the name of that book, but I did find that really, really helpful um, just to kind of get my head in the right space. Not that it ended yeah. up helping, but at the time it was good to read, <laughs> the, to read, the, to read those stories. Um, yeah. other books that I read I also read the, the one other book that I read was you simply can't spoil a newborn enough which was quite quite good as well yeah yeah I've read that one I think that's quite popular awesome and did your labor end up starting spontaneously do you want to take us through that yeah yep so it did um, start spontaneously at 40 40 weeks and six days um, I was probably a little bit naive going into my first birth I um I had I had in my head like I knew I didn't have a I had a birth plan I really wanted to have a natural birth um but at the same time I was like oh you know I'm open to what needs to happen and and whatever has to happen will happen but at the same time I don't really think that I thought um anything would happen if that makes sense yeah. I thought it would all yeah. go to plan um I thought I would have this lovely amazing natural birth um my mum also had three really good births so I thought oh sweet that'll that'll be me um and yeah. at the time too I was I just thought, you know, people said to me, this will be the hardest workout of your life. And I was like, sweet, I can handle it. I'm fit. I'm pretty tough. This will be fine. Bring it on. Type thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, needless to say, it didn't go to plan. Um, so yeah, I went into kind of started having contractions like in the middle of the night. I think it was a Sunday, but it was really like early stage labor and I could kind of sleep in and out of it. Um, but the next morning when I woke up, I was definitely like, okay, Adam, you are not going to work. I need you to stay here because this is, yeah. this is a real deal. Um, and then, yeah, kind of labored at home for that whole day. Um, kind of around early, like 9.30, I remember ringing my mum and being like, this is the real deal. I think you need to come over. Um, but the contractions kind of never got into a pattern. And I remember thinking, this is so weird. Like it would feel you'd feel like I was getting a pattern come on and, and then it would kind of all go out the window. Um, so that kind of went on all day and into the night, calling through to my midwife. We were having catch-ups and she was like, no, I think you're still good, Renee. I think you're still good. Um, and then at 8 o'clock, I think it was 8 o'clock, um, my husband had to make the call to um, to the midwife. And at that point I was, you know, I couldn't kind of hold a conversation and I was shaking and, she was like, okay, it's definitely time to go. And, and we, we live like 25 minutes out of town too. So she was like, we definitely need to get things moving here. So on the drive, and I was just, I remember thinking, oh no, what if she sends me home? What if I've come in too early? Like I was so panicked because they always say, you know, stay at home as long as you can. It's like, oh, am I being a wuss? Is it too early? Adam's like, foot to the floor. Like this is not too early. <laughs> um, 
and we got in there and I had an examination and I was eight centimeters um and I remember feeling like so relieved I I felt so relieved um that I'd you know done a good bit of hard work um and I was feeling really at that point I remember feeling quite positive too like this is good like it's hard but I'm fine I can do this but then things kind of just stayed there for a long time um like failure to progress was definitely what happened with me um the contractions were really really strong and I was trying lots of different things we went into the pool we went shower we were on the toilet we're on the bed literally we tried everything um and a few more examinations kind of showed that I was pretty much just stuck at eight centimeters and I also had a cervical anterior lip from memory so it just Mm -hmm. wasn't kind of letting go um and my midwife also seemed to think that the baby at that point had moved positions she was back to back so I was prepared for a long labor but it just just carried on and on and on and I got kind of got to the point where I was really running out of energy I was trying to stay really positive um we did a technique called Roboso technique, which yeah. hard to explain, but like putting a like a, almost like a sheet around the back of your back and then moving you to try and move the baby down. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't work. Um, so we did uh, IV fluids at that point, and I was still like, no, I can do this. This is this is fine. I can handle it. Um, and I remember having something on a tissue that I was smelling that was trying to help bring things on too. And then I asked for the gas and when that when I got the gas, I just remember feeling like, oh my God, thank God, like this is the best thing ever. Mm. And I just got it and then the gas ran out. And I remember oh, the contraction no. coming. I was like, it's not working, it's not working. Um, so I, I kind of continued at that eight centimeters for it seemed like seemed didn't seem like long in the moment. I had no sense of time, but it really was a really long time. Um and the midwife had another midwife come in and she did another um, examination. And again, I was still, I think it's like eight and a half centimeters. And at that point I was kind of getting to the point of like, holy crap, I can't really cope with this for much longer. Um, So they decided to break my waters. My waters broke, but still kind of no further progression. And I was starting to really, I think I, I was starting to kind of feel like completely out of control. I was starting to see black and I, remember just looking up at my husband and saying I can't do this anymore like you need to get me to the hospital this can't be it can't this can't be normal (laughs) Mm. um and then sure and my midwife agreed she was like yeah it's time to time to get you some more help um and I don't really remember a lot from that point I remember the medics coming in and I don't remember the the trip in the ambulance to the hospital but then I remember kind of coming back with it when they were giving me the epidural um, probably because I had to be completely with it to have that. Um, but I was really scared. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. How did this happen? Everything was fine. Uh, and I kind of was just freaking out a bit. Um, as that, you know, then the, what happened next? The had the epidural. Obviously, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was told um, you need to rest. If you want to have a vaginal birth, then you you need to rest um, for this two hours. And um, then we can we can try. And that two hours, I had my mum and, and my husband with me and they were amazing. I actually didn't plan to have my mum there, but um, it just turned out to be that way. And it was so, so special. And I'm so glad that she was there to help me through that. But in that two hours, I just remember holding both of their hands and I was just crying and I couldn't stop crying mm-hmm. and crying. And I think I was just the thought of like, oh, this baby is still inside me. I've been through so yeah. much and I've still got to get this baby out was just so much to kind of 
wrap my head around. Um, but yeah, I've, eventually I had um, another another group of midwives come in um, and then we kind of moved into the pushing phase. At that point, my mum, it was too much for my mum, so she um, headed out for a little while and waited for the good news. Um, the pushing phase seemed to take forever and I, the feeling of pushing without being able to feel anything was just so strange. Uh, but we did eventually, eventually we did get there in the end. Um, and Addison was born eight pounds, eight pounds two after a freaking long haul. And I just remember when they put her on my chest, that feeling of like overwhelm and just, I just remember crying, my baby, my baby, like it's here. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> mm. And just that, that real emotion and that like pure happiness and love um, was just so cool. My mum came back in the room and we found out we'd had a little girl and obviously Adam and I were just absolutely over the moon. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) And how did you sort of feel like immediately after, did you need stitches or anything like that from um, all the pushing? Yeah, I did. So I had, uh, I think it was nine stitches. Um, Obviously I didn't feel anything (laughs) because I had the epidural. So I was quite grateful at that time to have had the epidural and I, I didn't feel anything and I was just really enjoying having the time with my baby and um, mum and, and Adam were there and it was, yeah, I don't remember that being really too too bad because I couldn't feel anything. Yeah, yeah no, that's probably a nice nice thing at that point. And did she latch on okay initially? Yeah, she did, yep. So we had um, first breastfeed at the hospital um, and that all seemed to go quite well, went, went really well. Um, and then, yeah, we had kind of, I think it was about just waiting for the epidural to wear up, wear off uh, at the hospital. And then we went on to the birthing clinic. Yeah. Awesome. And how long did you spend there at the birth centre? We had two nights there at Waterford Birth Centre. And that was freaking amazing. So mm-hmm. we're so lucky to have that here in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. In the Waikato, it was really great. Like just having midwives on call. I knew I really wanted to get the breastfeeding down packed. Um, as much as I could in the two days that I was there. So just having that phone call there and you know getting them to check your latch was was really, really good. But I do remember in those first couple of days, we had some visitors, but I just remember feeling a little bit all over the show and you don't really get the chance to di- digest what's happened with the birth yeah. because you're just straight away like, oh, I need to learn how to breastfeed and I need to learn how to dress yeah. my baby and change my baby. Yeah. Oh my God, I've got to change nappies. And, but yeah, it was a really, really special two days, but also – yeah, extremely overwhelming. I think that no, nothing can prepare a first-time mum for that, yeah. that first couple of days. Yeah, no, 100%. And how did you feel when you sort of got home? Obviously, you're going from being an independent couple together to bringing home your newborn baby. And there's, again, probably nothing that you can really say to describe that. But <laughs> how did you find those first few days and weeks once you got home? Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget the car ride home. Like I sat in the back <laughs> with Addison, like watching yeah, the whole time. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a really slow trip home. But yeah, it was a really a special, a really special time. We had just like our really closest friends come and visit us and and my immediate family and things were in the, the those early few days going going pretty good. I was physically recovering quite well. And um, the stitches all healed up quite well. I did have a graze that managed to give me quite um a bit of strife for like about six weeks that just wouldn't heal. But mm-hmm. um apart from that, it was yeah, I was I was doing okay. And 
taking it kind of one day at a time but yeah definitely there's nothing that can prepare you to bring home a baby and yeah it was it was pretty full-on yeah for sure and how do you think your sort of emotional recovery from your birth went obviously like you said earlier on wasn't what you had anticipated or expected it to be so how did you sort of go with processing that and how did you feel afterwards if I'm completely honest it took me a a lot to get over the birth and I think probably to some people it wouldn't have sounded like it probably doesn't even sound like that much of a traumatic birth but for me it was and it took me ages to get I just could not move on from what had happened and I think I only really just have since the birth of my second daughter because I had such a different experience um but it did take me quite a lot to move move forward from that and I also emotionally struggled too with I've had Addison was super unsettled she had reflux and colic which we didn't know we didn't know she had reflux for a really long time and I was kind of the first one in my family to have a baby and I hadn't really been around babies much and I didn't know what was and wasn't normal so I just I thought you know I was expecting it to be hard and I was expecting to not get much sleep but yeah the first kind of three months were pretty horrendous Uh, I got mastitis a couple of times and Mm -hmm. I just didn't have any idea what I was dealing with Um, yeah so once I kind of got on top of things with the reflux things got a little bit better but yeah Addison was a very hard baby she she didn't really sleep day or night and that was really really challenging a really challenging time it probably really battled probably for the first kind of 10 months yeah really really hard time and I don't think I've realized how hard it actually was until now looking back and I completely lost my confidence I remember thinking I wouldn't I didn't really go anywhere um because I always felt like Addison was so unsettled and and I just would wait for Adam to come home and then I would go and do things like the grocery shopping and just things like that was crazy and I just never thought that that would happen to me and yeah I remember looking at other mums thinking oh my gosh how are you here with your baby or like or seeing mums walking their baby sleeping in the stroller and it was like why is my baby not doing that mine's always crying and Mm. Um, it was a really, really challenging time. I loved, absolutely loved being a mum, and I was so, so, so proud of my little girl. But at the same time, I was, I was in a pretty, yeah, pretty not so great place. And but I have, you know, I've got my mum and my husband, um, and exercise to thank me, thank to thank for getting me through that through that time. And it, yeah, it taught me a lot about myself and what I can handle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And do you feel like sort of things just evened out maybe after those 10 months? Um, because yeah, maybe Addison got a bit easier as she got a bit older? Or do you think you got more confidence? Or what did you sort of think helped you there? Yeah, I think, um, I think things got easier just just with time, she kind of got um yeah I think just getting older, and then me getting yeah. a little bit more confident. She she her sleeping was just I mean, she's still hard with work with her sleep now, but I think you don't, it doesn't get easier. Your capacity to deal with it just gets, you know, more. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, it, d- it definitely did get easier. And, and once she could communicate and she could walk and she could tell me what she needed, then things yeah. got a lot easier. And she's, yeah. she's, and she's a strong world two and a half year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how did you sort of decide or did you decide that you wanted to have a second baby or what was that journey like? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we both, Adam and I knew we wanted to have another baby, um, as close as we could in age, uh, to Addison. 
Uh, and again, we got pregnant quite quickly, which again, feel so grateful for that. Um, and it was crazy. I actually just remember waking up one morning and being like, boom, I'm pregnant. I just knew it. I just woke up and thought I'm pregnant. And sure enough, I was, it was really, really, really early, um, early on, but yeah, sure enough, I was pregnant and that again, that huge happiness washed over me and oh my gosh, we're so grateful and I'm so excited, but I also this time had this, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to have another, go through birth again. And I, and you know, what if we have another colicky baby or refluxy baby, can I do it? Um, so yeah, all that happiness came, but also a lot of anxiety as well. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's understandable. And how are you feeling sort of symptoms wise throughout this pregnancy? Was it much different to your first? Um, it was it was pretty similar. The morning sickness wasn't as bad, but it was definitely there for that first twelve weeks. Um, and I think it was a little bit more challenging just with having a toddler and you know having to lift a toddler uh, yeah. as well as you know being being pregnant is, was a bit of a challenge. I also put on way more weight the second time. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was trimester two was pretty sweet. And then trimester three was just so much anxiety about the birth. <laughs> um, oh, no. But I did have an, I had an amazing midwife actually. I was the midwife that I had with Addison. She she didn't she wasn't taking on any more clients. But the lady who actually took over my birth at the hospital, um, she ended up being my midwife for for Brody. So she knew exactly what I went through, and she was super super good at kind of helping me go into this birth thinking this is a new, you know, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be completely different. And sure enough, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you do sort of anything else around your anxiety for birth, like any other educational resources or anything like that? Or do you think that was just mainly your midwife that was able to impact you with that anxiety? Yeah, I think it was mainly my midwife and then just me kind of talking out my feelings with my husband yeah. and, and my friends. And yeah, I, I think I, I did deal with it. Um, it wasn't something that was hugely affecting me, but it was definitely in the back of in the back of my mind for sure. But yeah, yeah. At this no, time, sure I didn't enough. have a birth plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes that's a, that's um, a good way to go about it for sure. And did your labour end up starting spontaneously this time? Yes. Yep. Yep. Again, it did. And again, I was forty-one weeks to the day. <laughs> After eating all the pineapples and the curries, and yeah. like, finally I went, finally went into labour overdue again at forty-one weeks. So, um, experience was completely different. Um, I actually had a false alarm the week before we went into labour for real. <laughs> I think that was a bit of to do with the anxiety. I had really bad Braxton Hicks, and I was um, pretty stressed about what was going to happen, potentially going to happen again. Um, and the Braxton Hicks were so bad, I really legitimately thought that I was in labour, and we ended up going into into the birth centre one night. Um, and it was, I was sure it was all on, but it it wasn't all on. <laughs> the minute we got there, it was like completely everything stopped, and we ended up back home at one o'clock in the morning. Um, but when it did come on for real, the contractions kind of started overnight, and it was a bit a night of like no not much sleep we were kind of watching a bit of tv and then I'd have a contraction and try and get some rest and that went on all night and then 9 30 in the morning I was meant to meet with my midwife um so we went in and she she was like oh you know we, she hooked me up onto the monitor and she was like you definitely are having contractions I'm gonna see where you're at and I was by that point I was thinking these are quite painful like this is 
this is surely I might be maybe four or five centimetres. And mm. she was like, okay, Renee, um, now don't get upset, but you're two centimetres. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, you're like bloody kidding me. Like I'm in agony and I'm two centimetres. <laughs> um, and she said, oh, what I think you should do is go for a walk uh, and we'll see if things progress any further. If they don't, then, you know, we'll, we'll send you home. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we went for a walk up the hill um, and contractions were coming on. Like, I felt like they were coming on so much stronger. Um, went back into the birth centre and um, I hadn't been put into a birthing unit at that point, just into a into a little room hoping that things would kind of progress. Uh, and I jumped onto a Swiss ball and kind of found found my groove on the Swiss ball and things definitely started to pick up a notch. Um, my midwife came back after a couple of hours and she was like, yeah, you're definitely not going home. Um, we transferred into a birthing unit. Again, my mum and Adam were with me and again, just such amazing support. Uh, and I got, when we got into there, I got onto this, um, I don't know, it was like an aerial yoga hanging type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was called. It was like a hanging rope thing that you could lean forward in. And I found like a comfortable position there and I pretty much stayed there uh, the whole time. Yeah, and then what happened from there? My midwife, it, once I kind of got to the pushing phase, I was the whole time waiting like, waiting for something to go wrong. So I was like, this is going too well. Something's going to go wrong at any point. I think my mum and Adam kind of felt like that too after the last time. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of hit it where we get to like the pushing phase and my midwife said, Renee, why don't you jump in the pool? And I was a little bit hesitant too because I do wonder if the pool kind of stalled things with my first labour. And she was like, I can promise you, you're not going to stall things. Are you like ready to have this baby? Um, but I was really hesitant to finally got into the pool. And then um, sure enough, my waters burst. And it was not long after that, that I had Brody um, in my arms, which was just a completely different experience <laughs> to have a natural water birth, no gas, no pain relief, anything. I just, I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe that it had happened and that I had her in my arms after only five hours and no vaginal examinations it was <laughs> yeah it was an incredible experience uh and something I feel so grateful to have after having that first experience where I felt like it was all completely out of my control if that makes sense yeah yeah no 100% that sounds so lovely um and I think yeah a lot of people can probably relate with your story around um expecting something to go wrong so really lovely to hear that you had such a, a beautiful birth and was she sort of up on your chest straight away and did you spend a little while in the pool or what happened from there yeah so she came straight up onto my chest and she was we were there for we were in the pool for quite a while she had a first breastfeed in the pool um and it was just yeah it was such a special time um and then I remember going, like transferring onto the bed and they brought me in cheese and crackers and caramel slice. And I was just like, this is unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a really happy time and it was just so exciting to know that we had another little girl and a, and a sister for Addison, which was really cool. And I think the whole experience was really quite a healing experience, not only for me, but for my husband and for my mum as well, because yeah. they saw such a different experience for me to that to that first birth. Yeah, awesome. And did you need any stitches or anything this time? No, I didn't. I needed nothing. It was yeah. just awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Very cool. And how long did you spend at birth care this time? 
this time we spent again we spent two days at the same birthing clinic and it was yeah it was really good just such good support there the the two days um seemed to go really really fast that second night is always um yeah. you know, as it comes on that with your second baby it's like oh I remember this from last time <laughs> um but yeah it was a it was a really lovely couple of days and again we just had close family come and come and visit and meet Brody and we had Addison come in most days and spend a bit of time with her sister and yeah it was really really special time yeah lovely awesome and how did you feel going home this time around was it obviously quite different to the first time I mean you know a bit more of what to expect but also you've got a toddler sort of running around at home so do you want to take us through that (laughs) yeah so it was yes just so different you walk out with a baby and you feel so much more confident than you did the first time um and when we got home Addison was just so excited she had a present for her new baby and it was just all very exciting um um, but yeah obviously a a massive change with with um having a toddler as well and not understanding that mum needs to sleep or mum's not feeling very well or mum's busy with the baby um was quite a lot for her to get her head around only still being you know just over two a couple of months over two um but yeah it was a tricky time but really special at the same time and she did adapt very very well she just you know like you hear of some kids that find it really hard or they feel you know like who's this coming to my house but she wasn't like that at all she was just oh my baby my baby (laughs) and she wanted to do everything which was really lovely (laughs) yeah very cool and what was your breastfeeding journey like with this um second time yeah so um (laughs) quite quite different to the first so with uh Addison I breastfed for nine months exclusively um but with Brody things kind of didn't go as planned um well they kind of went exactly the same way as they did with Addison first week at home was really great and then kind of the same pattern started forming with the reflux unsettled wouldn't sleep for longer than like 20 minutes and it was all kind of falling apart really um or I was falling apart should I say Uh, see exactly that the same thing that had happened with Addison was happening again and I was everyone said to me no two babies can be the same but it was exactly the same and this time I was so much more aware of what was um happening in front of my eyes um so the breastfeeding was good at the start um then we found out that she had tongue and lip tie so we thought that that might be um, contributing to her being so unsettled so we had that fixed um, but things were still pretty pretty rough um, we went through obviously like doctors chiropractors lactation consultants you name it we did it trying to you know make her be a little bit happier um, and at about nine weeks I hit the wall like I just felt like I couldn't she was just so unhappy like I was it was awful screaming in the car just crying all day um and like obviously you expect babies to cry and you expect to have your hard times but it was just probably 80 percent of the time um and it was just all too much so I went once my midwife things finished with my midwife I remember thinking okay if things aren't better in a couple of weeks I'm gonna have to go to that next step and get some more help so I sure enough things were not getting better um and I had my Plunkett nurse refer me to Mothercraft um I kind of felt like that was a kind of the last resort to figure out you know why is my baby so unsettled I mean all you want is your baby to be able to sleep at least some of the time and be happy um so I went to Mothercraft for a week which at the time I was like oh my gosh I'm failing as a mother and 
I can't believe I have to go and get this help. I'm a second time mum. It shouldn't be like this, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it was the best, best decision that I ever made. Um, I don't know if, if you know, have, I think there's only one mothercraft in New Zealand um, and it's in Hamilton. And basically you have to, you request to go and there they help you kind of get to the bottom of what's going on. And there's about between six to 10 mums there at any time with their newborn and lots of lots of mums are there for lots of different reasons and you have access to pediatricians nurses on hand lactation consultants you name it they can get you what you need to kind of try and figure out what's going on and establish some kind of routine um so I spent lots of time with a lactation consultant uh which was fantastic and learned lots of different feeding positions and we established quite quickly that I had a really low milk supply um, and also that Brody had a high pellet, so that was really contributing to the breastfeeding being a bit of a nightmare. It was on and off, on and off with the with the latch, and it was it was really really hard going. Um, so I was pretty determined to keep breastfeeding. In my mind, I was like, I have to get six months. I have to get six months. Um, but it was it just proved to be extremely challenging, especially with a toddler in a mix in the mix. So yeah. I came home from Mothercraft and I felt like I had so much more understanding of what was going on and I had more tools to be able to deal with things. Um, and I went for, to feed and then I would feed Brody and then I would pump and then I would top up. So that was my new routine because I knew that I wasn't making enough milk um, and then did everything I could to increase my milk supply and get more rest and, you know, do all the things that will help. Um, but still things were a bit of a nightmare. Um, so I switched to exclusively pumping. And I did that for about two months, and that was the best decision I ever made, just going, hey, this is not working, um, and just giving up. Well, not giving up, but choosing to take a different tact on my breastfeeding journey. Uh, went to exclusively pump, pumping and did that for, for about two months, um, but that also had its issues. Um, uh, with I think I tried about four different pumps, and I could just yeah, I never find the the, the pump that worked for me I thought I'd found um I found a hands-free one and I thought that was going to be you know the thing that would keep me going um but I ended up getting mastitis with that one and it's just it was just a bloody nightmare yeah um so I, I got to five five months but I think it was about the four month mark that I started transitioning to formula and then by five months I made the call to go um exclusively to formula which was really really hard but also absolutely hands down the best decision that I that I made at that time for me and for Addison my toddler and for Brody um and our family it was definitely the best the best decision a hard one but the best decision yeah no for sure I think um we can probably all relate to a different breastfeeding challenge at one stage or another and there definitely has to be a point where you say this is better for me and my family and my mental health so yeah I can I can relate with you yeah Totally. And how was your physical recovery from this birth? Did you think it was much different from your first? Oh, completely different. Like it was yeah. so, I remember walking out of the birthing unit and being like, oh my God, like I'm not, I'm not sore. I feel yeah. so good. Uh, it was just a breeze compared to that, to that first birth um, and that, that six weeks after the first birth. Yeah, it was yeah. completely different. Even the next day, really. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And do you think that there was anything that contributed sort of obviously apart from um, 
the completely different birth that you had. But do you think there was anything that contributed to you not having any tearing and you sort of have having, you know, this amazing experience and really great recovery? Is there anything that you would contribute to that? Or do you think, yeah, it was just purely your birth experience this time around? Yeah, I think it, uh, to be honest, I think it was just purely that this was my birth experience. I didn't do anything different. I I exercised right throughout both pregnancies till 37 weeks. Um, nutrition was on point pretty much most of the time, apart from the ginger nuts and pies at the start. Um, and I think it was just just my luck. The second time, things happened a lot easier. And I also think without the not having the tear was maybe because I got in the water at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it was just luck. I think we'd done the hard work with the first birth. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the second time round was just absolutely night and day. I still can't. I couldn't believe that a that a birth like that would have was possible. Yeah. <laughs> After the and, first time. <laughs> yeah. And just before we close up, is there any advice or sort of words of wisdom that you'd give to a mum who might be in a similar position and that had a birth that was maybe a bit hard to process the first time around and, and feels quite anxious about their second? Oh, it's a hard one. I don't think anything can kind of stop your mind from, from being anxious yeah. if you've been through a hard time the first time. But I think just accepting that it can be different. Like in my mind, I wish that I had have been able to think, it might be different because I wasted so much worry over that, particularly that last trimester of pregnancy, thinking about what I was going to go through when in fact I went through something completely different. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know whether that's kind of the right thing. I would also say to, to mums that are feeling like, you know, they're struggling with postnatal anxiety or postnatal depression that it's all right to, to reach out and ask for help or, yeah, to get the support that you need. I was really lucky with my mum and, and Adam to help me get through that time in the early days with Addison and with Brody. Um, and I am just so grateful that I asked them for help and also that I reached out to Mothercraft as well and asked for help there. I think we, as mums, we all want to just kind of be doing it ourselves sometimes and we want to show that we're able to keep it all together, but it's it's actually okay if if shit's hitting the fan and you, you need a bit of extra helping hand yeah no 100% agree with that it's um by far the most challenging time I think of any woman's life so absolutely agree with you there on reaching out for help when you need it awesome well thank you so much Renee for coming on the podcast and sharing your experiences with us I really appreciate it and I think it's really interesting hearing about your two different birth stories but also the mother craft I think that's something that where I'd love for us to talk more about New Zealand. So thank you for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Elevate, with you every step. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.